Hey everybody, welcome to episode 64 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. This week I'm on vacation, so I want to replay a few highlights of the last six months. So let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast, and I hope you enjoyed the show this week. But before we begin, I want to give you the following information. If you want to give me feedback or interact with the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at DetectingThe or Instagram at The Metal Detecting Podcast. Or if you want to pop me an email to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com. And now, if you would like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on SpeakPipe.com forward slash The Metal Detecting Show. The link will be in the show notes. If you would like to buy me a coffee, you can actually do so now with BuyMeACoffee.com forward slash Metal Detecting. And lastly, and most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. So what is Halo Effect? Have you ever got a great signal only to have it disappear as soon as you dig it? This is more than likely down to Halo Effect. But what actually is Halo Effect? Halo Effect occurs when a metal is buried for a long time and over that time the metal slowly rusts or oxidizes, with these oxide metals leaching into the soil forming a sphere or halo or a cloud of oxidation around the object. This can also happen in highly acidic soil, which is essentially accelerating the aging process, resulting in the same effect being formed over a shorter period of time. This oxidation is where the divide between the believers and non-believers lie, The non-believers believe that the metal detector shouldn't be able to pick this oxidation up, where the believers believe that there is enough accumulated iron in the iron oxide to generate a signal. Just to be clear, there is an actual physical and chemical change occurring, and if you were to analyse the soil, you would see these oxides in the soil's makeup. So we know there is something happening. In number five, and this one hack, I'm sure I am the only one that does this, and that is bring a chopstick along with me. Wait for it. I bring a chopstick along with me for several reasons, but the main one being that wood is softer than metal and will not damage a find. So if I'm digging a hole and my pinpointing is off slightly, or perfect for that matter, but I see the find as soon as I plop out the clog, I will use my chopstick, it's now a half chopstick, to pry out the find with the assurance I won't damage or scratch it. I cringe all the time when I'm looking at hunts online and someone inevitably finds himself in the same scenario with the find in the side of the hole and the first thing they do is attack it with the shovel or trowel. To be honest, I only use this when I see something good in the hole but I do also use it to lightly scrape some muck off or clean the find mid-hunt. Use it to clean connectors without fear or damaging anything. I have been known to use a chopstick when gridding a site also. Never mind catching flies with them, Danielson. But they're dead handy. So starting in the $0 to $300 price point, this actually was the hardest to find because remember, we have to buy a quality pinpointer and a quality metal detector together. And because of this, I couldn't find both a pinpointer and a metal detector of significant quality new for under this budget. So you have to get one of these secondhand. 
my recommendations for this price bracket would be to go for one of the following detectors, all of which retail new for approximately $250 or equivalent. These are the Fisher F22, the Nocta Macro Simplex Plus basic package, or the Garrett Ace 300. However, buying new only leaves you approximately $50 to buy a good pinpointer, which you could get from either eBay or as an ex-demo model from a brand partner. However, the other option, which is actually my recommendation, is to buy a second-hand metal detector for approximately $150 to $200 and then purchase a brand new pinpointer. I know it sounds funny, but invest first in your pinpointer. A top-of-the-line one will go from between $100 to $150. Then invest the remaining budget in a second-hand Nocta Macro Simplex Plus. They normally go for between $150 to $200. Okay, I can hear you all saying he's mad, but my logic being is that no matter what detector you buy at this price point, you will be upgrading it within 18 months, especially if you enjoy the hobby. However, if you invest early in your pinpointer, you won't have to upgrade, as the best are well within your budget at this price point. And something I noticed just this week is that second-hand pinpointers hold their value way better than second-hand metal detectors. So if you do decide that the hobby is not for you and want to get out later, at least you'll be able to recoup some of your initial outlay and saving you some cash in the end. Finally, and most importantly, it's all about location. I've covered this previously several times, so I won't go too into depth here. But if metal detecting as a hobby is like an iceberg, the actual hunting is the tip of that iceberg that sits above the water where the research is the huge part of the iceberg that sits underneath the water. Research, research, research. Location, location, location. If you are unsuccessful, the most probable reason is you haven't done your research on the location you're hunting. There is no point in hunting a field just because you got permission on it. There has to have been a reason for people to have been on it at some stage. And your job is to figure that out. So, if you find yourself asking the question, what am I doing wrong? Ask yourself the following first. Do you have realistic expectations? Do you have any reason not to trust your equipment? Have you spent enough time learning your equipment? Do you know what everything is that you have found? Are you sure you haven't already found something great? And finally, location, location, location. Have you spent some time researching your location? Random hunts equal random finds and success is totally reliant on random luck. That's it for this week. I hope you liked this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out our website, www.themetaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. Actually, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so now at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metaldetecting. If you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash show. The link will be in the show notes. And if you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We will chat to you all again next week. 
Get out there, eyes down, and happy hunting. <laughs>